have yeah. a little bit of, you know, therapist, uh, AKA counselor, AKA coach, uh, mentor, yes. guide, all one in the same, right? Versus trying to figure all this crap out by ourselves, you know, yes. like, no way, not, not as entrepreneurs. So uh, what have, uh, what have been some of those profound shockers or realizations, even if they're simple, I have some really simple ones where I was like, oh my gosh, how did I not know this as a human being? I, now that I'm an entrepreneur, I realize it. Right. I always knew, okay, learning is failure. Failure is uncomfortable. It's hard. But, um, and I thought I was like, I, I'm good at that. No, no. It's hard. It's so hard. I was like, oh, courageous conversations. <laughs> I thought I was, you know, as an HR person, you're coaching people to have this all the time. Mm -hmm. And I found that, oh, oh, there's so much more I need to learn about that. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one because yeah. your your leadership and title and authority as, you know, oh, I'm the HR director of Nike. Um, and so everybody comes to my office knowing that versus I'm an entrepreneur and nobody gives a crap. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's welcome to your new title. Um, where right. Oh yeah, you'll go broke soon. Um, oh yeah, so you mean you don't know what you're doing? Uh, oh, you can't get hired, um, right? You know, that's, yep, nope. It's a huge dose of humility and reality. Yes. Uh, well yeah. said. So what are your what are your three favorite not three favorite? What are three books you recommend for visionaries? Uh Hidden Potential of Adam Grant, mm -hmm. uh Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, and Surrender, which is Bono's um autobiography. Cool. I like the diversity in that selection. That's a lot of fun. Well, when we come back, we might talk about one or two more of those. Um, we'll definitely be diving into the workplace ecosystems where humans and businesses can both thrive, win-win situations, opportunities with the wonderful Mindy Honkoop. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Vision Pros Live. I'm your show host, Jackson Callum, founder and CEO of First Class Business. I'm excited to have Mindy Honkoop on today. We're going to be diving into the wonderful world of HR. Why? Because it's so overlooked in the visionary entrepreneur space, and we need more voices helping leaders step up as leaders. It's not as easy as it looks on the surface. Um, and if you're like, well, no crap, no, it doesn't look easy on the surface, all the more reason to be here and listen to what Mindy's got. Um, and for, in, ter in terms of her background, we'll go into that in just a minute, though. Um, before we dive into Mindy, uh, we're going to talk about the sponsors, the Wellness Shop 365 by Sean Lechuga. Um, he's he's this uh, holistic health professional that sees beyond the the uh, muscle building, the exercises, the nutrition components of it, meaning the supplements and the diets. But they've got this 365 wheel of life. And on the wheel of life, they're taking an assessment of what does your joy look like, your spirituality? What do your relationships look like, your social life, your career, your education? I've never seen too many programs. Again, I don't know of a single program myself that uh, that has that as an all-encompassing approach for your health and well-being. And so when I saw this concept and I was like, you know, that's pretty raw looking wheel there. Don't get me wrong. We're not, we're not hiding from the fact that it's 2024 and that particular element of his needs updated. That's exactly why I was attracted to say, Hey man, this is really cool. What can we do with this? He's got a wonderful family. He's been a wonderful friend through the process. Um, he's actually working with me on the podcast now um, and very potentially becoming a business partner of first class business as it is. Uh, then win, win, win situations and in a life that's abundant, you can see opportunities like that. So I, I highly encourage you to pick his brain on what he's doing and what he knows from a health standpoint. The guy's an absolute genius. The lost spot. Let's go over. Oh, that's just uh, we we're pulling up. If you're looking at the screen, you'll see the transformation and simplification of his brand taking place so that people can understand the value of what he's putting out there from an online perspective. Guess what? All of us as brands 
are constantly working on the improvement of our online assets because they all represent our past. They were all published in the past. We're all moving forward and progressing. The Lost Spot, speaking of, um, when Melissa came on our show and she shared about her view and vision for legal, I was super interested in what she's up to because she's a very high nurturer, but she also has that ability to be a very, uh, a very diligent and forward lawyer as well. And she's trying to help small businesses, medium businesses uh, capitalize on the opportunity to learn and understand how legal is supposed to work, to simplify the processes as well, and ultimately become kind of a gap in the medium of those ultra expensive retainer legal counsel that you might might find on a, on a dime uh, in a last minute crunch when you need it. And the automated resources like LegalZoom that are out there. Um, there's, a, there's a happy middle ground where you know, your, your, I would say your best solutions exist. She is one of those solutions that we're very excited to expand with ourselves. Um, so I'd highly recommend engaging with her, seeing what's up, especially in relation to the, uh, what's it called? The business ownership um, information. The, there's a, there's some, my CPA is all over it. Melissa's all over it right now. And it's, we've got to have new paperwork filed about our ownership. And if we don't, there's going to be $500 fees per day. Um, like those are things that you might want to talk to Melissa about and others, not from the standpoint of, oh my gosh, let me move forward with these individuals because I'm scared, but realize that they're also there to help you on all sorts of other realities too. Uh, you just have to be willing to open your mind and listen, what else can you do for me? We're going to be doing that with Mindy Honkoop today. Um, you know, HR is often known for people with glasses that have dust on them. Um, people who are not like very good with humans. I run that's the irony of most HR realities. Uh, they're there to enforce the rules. Um, you know, if they weren't in HR, they would be in the library. Um, you know, running the library. I can see Mindy laughing in the background. It's like, oh my gosh, this dude's roasting me. Um, no, Mindy is the exception to the rule. She's one of the amazing human beings in the process that really understands people. I met her about six months ago. We talked about her pre-show and and she wanted to get more teed up and more ready for this experience and process. And that's something that I honor and I respect. I hope you do too. Um, so as we, as we uh, bring her on stage, let me pull up before I bring her on stage, her very pretty bio. She's working at Microsoft, um, working at, uh, what was it? One of the other kind of Expedia. Uh, that one was, you know, one of the places that she worked in HR leadership. She's been, it says she's been an HR leader for over 20 years, but she doesn't look too much older than 20. So maybe she started in, in child labor and maybe that's what got her interested in HR to begin with. We'll find out about that a little bit, but um, no, in, in all reality, guys, uh, what I saw with her branding, and I'm going to go over to her brand agile and HR. I was like, wow, she really understands the, the power of, um, of design in the process of, you know, elevating her brand as well for a starter brand. I was just really impressed with the organization as well. Strategic planning, implementation and support, organizational effectiveness. And again, as I kind of grilled her on, on HR and what that looks like, I was like, yep, she knows her stuff. I definitely got to get her on my stage. And so without further ado, Mindy, welcome to Vision Pros Live. You are not muted. There you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Um, so I, I know you didn't, I don't think you started in child labor, um, but uh, you've, you've been at this for, for 20 years. Um, I'd love to know what are the highlights that you feel, you know, are important for people beyond what we can see on your LinkedIn and, and on the page. So I started um, in in college, I started, I thought I was going to be a social worker. That was my dream. I was passionate about how do we make a, a positive impact for people in our communities. And so as a social worker, really learning about the, ecos the ecosystem that they're in and really how do we think about where are they at today? Where's their current state? What's that future desired state? And then how do we come along and guide them and to create those kind of the, what are those right next steps to move towards that future desired state? And I, I found out very early in the work that I wanted to do that my ability to impact was very limited as a social worker. And I also became exposed to workplaces and also saw the benefit that that social work lens had within the ecosystem of work and being able to take the, the practices and the frameworks and, and, and putting that in the place of work and how that could really equip making a difference. 
And so that's where I quickly uh, jumped into uh, the world of work at, at Microsoft uh, early in my career. I love that. Um, <clears throat> Vision Pros, those listening in, Vision is our foundation, in my opinion. That's my business foundation. Mm -hmm. And the next level beyond that is culture. Um, and the culture is facilitated, created by a clear vision that attracts leaders to the culture. So in other words, as you're as, as you're getting started and building the very base foundation of what you're doing, uh, you're either attracting or repelling people from the process. And that's where that's why my, my conversations with people like Mindy are so important to me. It's how do we establish that from the get go so that the foundation is strong and that we're not we're not putting this off for 10 years or five years or five months where we've now got a madhouse and a circus and it's it's hard to piecemeal back together. What are your thoughts on that, Mindy? Oh, it feels like you're just inside my soul. Oh, I, I cause that is the foundation and that's often what gets overlooked. Cause often as we uh, start companies, founders are really excited. They have people around them that they've worked with for a lot of period of time. They already know how each other work. There's like an unspoken way of working, a culture amongst them. And then maybe it's five people. Right. And, and at that time they ha may have an idea of a vision that they have, but as they start to quickly grow and scale, as you bring in investors that can, if we haven't codified that, if we haven't gotten really clear. And then as we bring in, new people all of a sudden at a hundred people we have these this this founder who had the best of intent that realizes oh my goodness how did i get here and it's because they didn't take the time to build that foundation with the vision and then how do we break that down into the culture because if we get the culture really clear we understand what are those co culture competencies or those skills that tie back to those values that keep those ways of working that we appreciate here, that we incentivize, that we encourage, how do we keep that top of mind? And that's through those competencies that come from the culture that tie back to our vision. Absolutely. I'm going to say, uh, this feels so out of place for me even to say, but I'm going to say women are better at this than men are. <laughs> um, just going to, you know, and when I say that people who are feminine in nature are better at this reality than men. If you, and, and look at it in terms of parties that you've attended, right? When a man throws mm -hmm. a party, um, it's often chaotic or boring. Um, you know, they, they don't do that. They, they do, you know, man cave, basement, let's play poker. Um, when women throw parties, oh, like you would think that it was catered. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there's all sorts of dynamics and realities. There's signage and all this stuff too. Um, I can't stress enough how important that is for and how much it correlates with building a company. Um, right. If, if your party um, doesn't start off with a bang, we've all been there to parties that kind of rise slowly and organically and get a little bit better if we're lucky um, and, or they're awkward the whole time and, and you leave early. Then there's the party that from the get go, you get there and you're like, whoa, this is happening. And you're accepted. Well, there's a host and all, all that. Well, the, the same is very, very true with with running our company so I, I know i'm i'm kind of diving a little bit too much to those subjects a bit prematurely but again you get me so excited about this <laughs> stuff mindy um what's your vision for those that you serve mm, I, my, I mean my vision for those that i serve is that they realize they they have dreams they they want to be somewhere different they want a future desired state but because of the level of circumstances or kind of where they're at they may feel like that's not possible and and my hope for the people that i serve is that they don't just think that this is a dream but that it becomes a, a reality and and then i get to i just get to be along for the journey and and to be a guide in that you have a much harder audience than uh, than most people, as do I, um, which is the people without the hope. That's a very hard audience to serve. Um, you know, the the blue ocean um, of creating something new that people aren't familiar with. I know it sounds fun to be the first to, but you've you have to first help people catch the reality that they can hope for it before they're even able to see what the outcome could look like on the other side. And that's, that's a big vision. Um, what's your vision for you? I'm going to shift gears a little bit. What's, what do you see for yourself on the horizon? Um, I loved this. I love this question. Um, I mean, my vision is about 
through multiple platforms through, yes, the work that I do fractionally, but also through thought leadership, because it's exactly what you said. People don't know what is possible if they've never seen that or experienced themselves. And so how do we create that level of awareness? So I've kind of, my vision is uh, to be able to um, kind of expand, to be able to train other people um, to come and create a group of Mindy's and, and whether that's through certification or training, um, I've, I have a dream of a, of a maybe one day a, being a professor, have a college program. I, that sounds really big, but um, I so think that it's a different way of thinking and, and it requires some additional scaffolding and, and, and framework that doesn't exist today. And so creating that um, and then being able to deliver that um, to a wider audience. Absolutely. And it, it does sound really big and that's, that's vision pros. You know, that's the essence of this show. This is the place where you're welcome to share that. Of course, some visions are sacred, um, you know, and, and meant for ourselves. But uh, I love that you shared that. Um, I'm looking forward to the day when I get to speak on a Stanford, Harvard stage um, because I have a 0.33 GPA. I'm not a professor. I'm not even a student. Um, and so the day that my actions continue to take me towards those opportunities will be a very empowering day for the individuals who uh, did not know how to maximize their university path. Um, so it's a matter of time. Um, and yeah. it's a matter of time combined with my actions. Right now, I'm not really doing anything to attract that. Um, although we did just host the president of University of Texas, a student president. So awesome. maybe it's a little closer than I realize. But again, we we choose visionaries. We choose to manifest and to also put our actions into place with our beliefs so that they they can happen. So I I believe I'm excited for you. I caught it from that. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I don't think I've actually ever athlete. shared that with anyone. So no, well, you, what you did share was the the idea of leading other fractionals though. Um, through the process. You had not talked about the university component of it beyond it, but that that was, I was excited. I was like, oh, cool. She sees this major opportunity to, to help people at a much greater level. And I just align with that. So let's dive into uh, dark territory. Um, mm. What's the worst leadership experience that you've ever had? <sighs> and this one, because I've seen, I mean, I've experienced quite a bit of, of, poor leadership in my 20 plus years. And, um, yeah, and we all know Microsoft's perfect and that they're all, <laughs> everybody who works there is named Jesus. <laughs> you got plenty of stories. All these Apple people are like, oh, I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear all the trash about it. Um, well, there, there, and, you know, just to create anonymity, this is, I think this speaks to a couple of leaders that I've worked with. Um, it was, it was kind of, it had become so bad that no one else wanted to work with these leaders, which is really sad. And so they're like, Mindy, you, you have the, you have this knack, a superpower of just connecting with almost anyone. And so they, then I was the person that was <laughs> said, you go get to be the partner for these uh, leaders that people have run away from. And, and it, what's, you know, what I think, what, why I like pause and, and why I'm sad is because often um, it's the, it's a lack of um, curiosity of listening, of understanding where that person's at, um, of not just saying this, uh, it's about remembering everyone's humanity uh, and, and that it, that, there's something that led that person to be acting out in a way that they are um, today. And so sitting down with these leaders that have just become so often this shows up, their behaviors were showing up in, they were just shut down, they had scarcity of mindset, they um, no longer had trust. And so we're really leaning into command control um, really weren't absorbing and utilizing the talent around them um, and and really felt alone. They felt alone and they weren't, and because they didn't have trust, they weren't trusting the team members around them and they weren't seeing their gaps and their blind spots because they had stopped listening and leaning into team. And so it was about sitting with them and, and 
and listening and a lot getting the emotion out because a lot of times when you're at that point as a leader you've lost the ability to see the difference between fact and emotion and it's about sitting with them and then being able to ask the questions that help create the self-awareness to start to to start to try and get them to open up and and try to think about what is this current state that we're in? What is what would it look like to be different? And what would it look like to to feel different? And what do we need to make that happen? Um, I, I'm kind of giving a full picture here of because usually when I have a bad leader, it's not that they're bad. There's stuff behind it, and it and it takes time to to sit with them and to understand that. Um, my, my hope is always being able to to find that seed within them and, and and are we able to get them to access that to then fuel change that is one of the most champion level answers we've ever had and i i can't emphasize that enough a minute ago if anybody saw me when you said that you went into that situation um, I went like this, you know, I, I went, oh my gosh, I, I have a hard time going into those situations with leaders who are supposed to lead. Uh, and, and, and I go in with this expectation that's unfair, like most people and, and have a sense of judgment. Um, I'm still learning to overcome that. My absolute favorite leader of all time is who you remind me of. Um, mm -hmm. and his name is Ben Ashby. Uh, Benjamin Ashby, I hope he someday hears this actually, but he was the, uh, the son of our mission president, um, mm. in Uruguay. And there were missionaries who were specifically assigned to babysit certain companions. That's what we called it. Um, you know, ones that, who didn't want to be in the field and, oh no, I was a destroyer. You know, you did not waste my time as a missionary. Um, like absolutely not. And I could not tolerate, I was like, why don't you just go home? Like, I'm sick of this. I want to go out and help people. Um, I and, and Ben was a babysitter. And he mm. turned those guys around almost every time. And it, and it just drove me passionately to look at how the heck does he do this? Um, and how does he have the energy to do this? How does he have the strength of character to do this? We were 19 years old. Um, you know, too. And, and he had this capability to do this. Um, and and it again, I didn't see it that way at first. Um, you know, it took me. 18 months to realize, wow, I really don't love other leaders. I love those I serve, but get out of my way so I can mm. serve or come and help, but don't, don't slow me down. Um, that, that took me years of cultivation to start to, to bury that fully. So I love that you've, you've been able to tap into that, hone that gift, work with it for so long. Um, because I believe you're 100% right. We don't have bad people that we need to crucify. We have people who have strange habits or processes, need to be understood, can be opened up. And what's cool is oftentimes they end up becoming the best leaders because yeah. they want to move from exactly what they were as fast and as far away from that as possible. Um, so way to go. Um, that's also a best leadership experience. But for the sake of letting you share again, what's your best <laughs> leadership experience? Best. Um, okay, so the best leadership are the ones that I, and I love it. Actually, Adam Grant talks about this in the hidden potential that I was talking about earlier. He just crystallizes it so well. Um, for me, it's the the leader that recognizes the difference between coaching, critiquing, and cheerleading. And it's it's that coach um, that truly um, is is not just cheering you on, but is advising and and, and allowing you to. To, it's allowing you the room safely to fail and to come back and really self-reflect on what happened um, and to and and to then, okay, what are we going to do different and, and think through that. Um, or, you know, when you have, they're the safe person that you go to and like, I need help. And, and they're going to, to take the time um, with you to do that. And um, there's like a couple of leaders. Um, one of those is Kristen Graham um, at Expedia very early on in my career that really modeled that for me and the difference. 
and and really what do courageous conversations look like and i learned so much within such a short amount of time because of the advice i prior to that i had a lot of cheerleading managers who were lovely and great but the level of growth that i had underneath kristen um was because of that coaching mentality and the time that she took the care that she had that's awesome visionaries um that's one of the greatest secrets and, and gifts of learning too is your ability to meditate on uh, the relationships that emulate the ones that that you're learning from so she's reading this book she thinks of the leader she has in her life and now she's learning simultaneously from the book itself and the practical mm. experiences that she's seen same thing with what i did with ashby there um right so when we can draw on our existing experiences and how they correlate um with with intense purpose we can typically progress our results that much faster um if you were to share though uh this was your last opportunity to share a powerful lesson with vision from your experience what would that lesson be mm. last chance no other lesson <laughs> the, one. the one oh man Oh, that's tough to pick. Mm, pick one. Mm, maybe it's maybe it's also maybe it's also something that I'm always continuing to learn is no matter how even at twenty plus years in your experience that we're still learning and not to continue to listen and maybe you need to be listening even more, pausing. And order to create that space for curiosity, I think later in our careers and our experience, we may think, oh, we got it, this, we've done this before, and just kind of jump in. And so I think that as I started Agile in HR a year ago, um, that's something that I've been learning uh, is to slow down even more. Mm. That's, that is something that, um, people like myself, old people talk about, um, you know, it's, it's something that it's, there's this really cool book that Andy Churchill talked about the other day. It's called, uh, escaping the ivory tower. Hmm. Um, and in that case, it's about research, but going to every, you know, not just staying in your silo, but going to everyday people and asking them about, um, you know, what are their opinions and thoughts on matters and, you know, that, that process of slowing down, um, you know, even though old, like, you know, my grandparents, um, they have a depth of wisdom about them because of all the years that they've spent They're they're quiet and people say, oh, it's cause they're tired. Not a lot of times, a lot of times they're very active people, but they observe and listen and watch. And, um, it, there's this great power and depth to that. So visionaries, I hope you apply it. Um, let's dive into, <clears throat> defining workplace, defining ecosystems. Um, let's start with ecosystems first. What does that mean to you in terms of a workplace? So in the terms of a workplace, first of all, each one is uniquely different. The, the mm -hmm. ecosystem is the, the, it's first of all, it's the organization. It's the, it's the people that have been brought together. It's how do we work together? It's the people process and the systems. And, and that's not just like technology, it's the unspoken things. Um, that to me is the high level definition of an ecosystem. Awesome. Well, I mean, feel free to, to hammer away on, on the next steps of that too of, okay, so we got, we got that definition of ecosystem. The fact that there's, they're all different. That's a huge reality to, to understand is that your organization is going to be different than somebody else's organization, yeah. even if you're both dentists. Yes. But especially if you're trying to model a dentist and you have a restaurant, you're not going to have a chef, most likely, at your dental office um, or somebody cleaning teeth at a restaurant. That would be awkward. Um, <laughs> but uh, maybe we should. Maybe that's a unique differentiator that our <laughs> restaurant needs to succeed. Um, but Mindy, go ahead. So talk to me further about that. And and then also, how does this relate to creating one where both the humans and the businesses thrive? Mm. So I, I love that question because it's everything that I do. Um, so each, yes. So I, I think often I think it's important to remember that your organization is uniquely different because if it's not, then, then you're just like everyone else. 
and and there's a lot of choices out there um and it's it's really understanding why are we existing who are we serving um and then well, who are the people that it, then are then working together to build that product or that service or wh whoever you know what your why is um and 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 that then ties it's where you were talking about with the vision right and, and that helps that, that speaks to your vision and then your culture and then what is the what are those, what is that strategic, like, how do we make that happen? How do we make that a reality? And so how do we then create the, that vision, that alignment to be able to execute? And, and that's where we think about the people in that. Often within workplaces, we think about HR and I often, it often feels at least in the old way of working that HR was on often, not for everyone, but often on the island of misfit toys, I say. They were often divorced from the organizational planning if, if we were doing that if we were doing strategic planning, it was separate from, it was uh, the, keeping the wheels on the bus. It was the benefits, the payroll, the mitigation, the, the compliance. Um, and it was often not tied to the, the, that strategic vision or, or the strategy there we they were devoid of, which is where we get that breakdown, right? When it gets to that founder, we we're talking about at a hundred people like, oh my goodness, how did we get here? Um, is because we hadn't like how how do we start to articulate as we grow what our expectations are of yeah. of of teams of managers of individuals how and how do we speak to not just the the financial KPIs but what are those human KPIs of how we are doing our work how are we getting to our results. Um, and once we have the employees here, they're smart. How are we being able to create the space for their voice to, to be within the decision-making, within the designing of the standard operating procedures, of the tools that we're using, of how we're working with our customers? And, and then really that agile aspect of if we are listening to our people, if they're clear on what's expected of on them, if we're all in the same boat rowing together towards a common target towards a common North Star, um, how are we getting better at doing that? How are we refining and iterating and taking each other's feedback um, in order to continue to move forward and to be able to innovate and be able to continue to serve our customers and, and really tie that employee experience to our customer experience? I mean, I, th I think about thriving, I think about that human care experience, like our humans in our workplaces want to be valued. They want to be seen and heard. And so all the ways in which our ecosystem in which we kind of build that into our organizational capability, that's why I think it's so important to balance people, process, and systems. One without the other, you start to see things fall apart. Um, and, and all that kind of ties into the recipe of thriving. I, I could talk on and on, but I will go, stop Mindy, there. Go, go, Mindy, go. You got this. Like, I'm off to the races with you. <laughs> People, processes, and the third one? Systems. Systems, right? So there's Organizational capability. Stool, yeah. Right. There's that three-legged stool, which doesn't stand unless you're super acrobatic on two legs or one legs. Um, <laughs> you know, then you can defy our logic. Um, but I'm with you on that. Super important. So uh the elephant we you know the herd of elephants that you just described that we're supposed to eat um right where where, where do you start with that um with the people that you're gonna work with where mm -hmm. do they begin because that's a yeah it's drink from the ocean <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot it's yeah. what i start with is really understanding you know current like what's currently it going on in the organization. Um, also, with whoever reaches out to me. I don't want to look at that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't. Or they don't know, like, what questions to ask. So it's, you know, it's first about, for me, it's about I'm asking a lot of questions. And, you know, people want a magic pill, but there is no magic pill. And unfortunately, the one thing that, you know, often HR people say is it depends, but that's a true answer. It depends. It depends right. on the workplace, the situation, the people involved. Like we, we need to be asking questions. So I often come in and they're like, hey, Mindy, what do you do? And I have a very high level answer, 
But then it follows is followed with a question. It's, and, you know, by then I've kind of gotten a sense of, like, you know, what is their frustration or, you know, what's keeping them up at night or, you know, what or what are they dreaming about? Sometimes, I, you know, if the person's in a negative place, let's start in a positive. Like, you know, where do you want to be? Like, what are you hopeful for? And, you know, you know what's keeping that? What's getting in the way of that? And it often is one of those three things. It's the, the people process or, or the systems. Or if they start with the, the process and we like dig a little bit deeper and we find out what that root cause is, it, it, it could be people. But it's really about the presenting problem. When someone comes with a presenting problem, mm-hmm. it often isn't the problem. And right. so it's really um, kind of in that discovery phase, it's about getting to that deeper problem and then working through a, a heat map. So, and you have to start from that point of, you know, where is that pain point? I don't want to just t- walk them through the whole thing. We got to start somewhere and it, we need a baby step into it because they maybe never have seen, like it may be employee handbook. Now I don't do employee handbooks. That's not my superpower, but I'll find someone for you that can, but let's talk a little bit. What are you hoping to accomplish with that? Um, Because it's not often just that handbook or how do we actually have a handbook, Mindy, come on, everybody's (laughs) supposed to have a handbook. But usually when you get deeper, they're like, oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. You know, what what would it look like to have a second conversation with you, a third conversation? Um, and, And usually the leaders that you're able to start to, you know, move from more of the you know, the traditional HR where they just saw it as payroll and benefits and they really start to see, especially with the small, medium businesses I'm working with, where it's really that business acumen, the um, China's chief of staff, like being able to understand, like, how do we understand the outcomes that you're trying to achieve and how do we align the people initiatives with that? Absolutely. Uh, when I was when I was a young entrepreneur, um, you know, getting ready to launch my own organization and, and such, uh, I want, you know, I found out about org boards and how we needed org charts. And so I was building that, I believe it was at Restaurant Connect, where I started the process of trying to find our org board. But then I was like, what if I designed the universal org board to solve all problems <laughs> for everybody? And I, I spent like four hours on that, um, you know, coming to realize, again, the difference between restaurants and dentists and how, oh, man, that sucks. This is impossible. <laughs> um, it literally is impossible for you to create the perfect org board for an organization, meaning who's going to be doing what in your company. Um, And then later learning like, oh, and not just who's going to be doing what, but what is what, Um, you know, how do you define that versus how they define it? Uh, At a company I was working with, they brought in a COO before me. Um, He was in over his head. Um, Wasn't what you wouldn't know that it wasn't until getting to know me and some of the growth stuff I was doing where he came to me. He's like, Jackson, he's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so I've been a COO, but I was given the reins by a 20 year COO. He had been there for 20 years and everything was already established. This is a startup, you know? And so we moved him into the manager of the call center, um, where he'd also have the potential to make more money. Um, in addition to knowing, you know, how to do that. Cause he started that department for that company, um, that, that he was COO at. So the, the idea of sharing hats and defining who's doing what and knowing that there's there's so much fluidity in that, working with somebody in HR who gets that, who's agile enough to understand that is not just worried about the disciplines or the performance improvement plans, um, you know, or the liabilities, uh, all the scary stuff is a game changer. Um, and I, I've seen that in you, Mindy. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. I was just, I was just loving what you're saying because it's such a great example of where you under, it is fluid. And as a company is growing, especially in that kind of startup that when you're series A through C, when you even like hire someone for a job, that job, the skills required, what's needed probably are going to evolve in six to nine months. And, and that person may yeah. or may not have the ability to do that or want to be able to do that or have the desire to. So I love how you worked with someone. You didn't just say, this is a performance problem. You actually spent the time to really understand what what are those person's skill sets? What are they desiring to do? Where are the needs in the organization? And then finding a place to um, put them into where they would be able to to thrive um, and hopefully do well. 
Um, I think often we just do the PIP and unfortunately yep. lose someone great. Um, I think the opposite is true too right now. We're in a world of burnout and where expectations are unclear and people's jobs are becoming so bloated. And then you have an individual in that job doing the best that they can, but it's up to a certain point where they're no longer enjoying the tasks. The job has gotten to be too much. And, and maybe there's some stuff going on personally and they want to opt into a lesser job. And I've seen companies say, no, you can't take, well, why can't they take the lesser job? Why not? And so that is where like, I really want to challenge us as uh, leaders and in organizations to really think through some of our our standard operating procedures, some of these checklists, and and really ask ourselves, you know, is this still serving us, and and why are we doing this, and what are we missing out? You're the person for me to ask. I've contributed this reference to Bill Gates for many, many, many years. I don't even know if it's his. I, I've forgotten, you know, whether it was actually him or not. But uh, about if somebody wants to give one percent. You know, if that's what they're willing to give, don't make them give 100%. Um, you know, allow them to give their 1% and appreciate it. Does that sound like a Microsoft thing? Or <laughs> yes, it does. Okay, I hear it. It's loud and clear. I, um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't remember him saying that. I, but I do. said it and I love it. I do too, because then, okay, do we have the ability to have someone part time that and, and then align the pay to that 1% or that part time? What would that look like? Yeah. And it, it creates a, a healthy correlation between the two uh, versus depleting somebody, mm-hmm. um, you know, of, of their, uh, their resources or their efforts or abilities. And also it's a, it's a reference point of, of ingratitude. Um, we're showing ingratitude for people when we demand more out of them uh, than, than they're, they feel able to give. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's going to break at some point. You're going to find a breaking point that won't be pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- the other thing visionary is that, you know, and there, there are, there's a lot of things going on. That's why it's so helpful to get somebody's help like Mindy who can expand the uh, multiply your efforts. You get four hands, you know, you have two, she's got two. Now you got four and four, bo- two bodies, not four bodies, two bodies you <laughs> go to different places at different times and do things. And, and so back to the org board, so many entrepreneurs I've worked with are so excited when they're done with the org board. Um, you know, like, oh my gosh, like now let's put that in a drawer. And 96% of businesses fail hmm. within 10 years and 4% survive and have all sorts of struggles surviving. Most of them are not on the list of the top 100 places to work. Mm-mm. You know, most of them aren't even close. Some of those are top 100 places to work based on cultures that I don't necessarily appreciate or like, um, you know, too. So the, the idea of, abundance and the companies that that are abundant the ones that follow principles of abundance it's sad to me how few pick up the pieces to that so what i would encourage you to do as a visionary is write out your org board as you see it you know and and i don't care if you make it like a tree where the leaders at the bottom or if you make it to where the leaders at the top um it doesn't it's not a competition it's just a map um you know and we as human beings i will tell you why i don't do the tree concept i read from top to bottom, left to right. Yeah, That's why I don't do a tree for my org board. Sorry to burst your bubble, all you angry people that think that we should design them like a tree. Um, and so the, the leader, and then you want to put, what are the positions that are needed to be filled, the responsibilities and duties that have to be accomplished and put your name there if you're the one doing it right now. And maybe put a question mark next to that or circle it if it's one that you don't want to fulfill. You want somebody else to fulfill at some point. But without mapping that out, and I would say at least on a quarterly basis, yeah. every time you bring somebody new into your company too, I know I'm eating it. I, I understand. No, you're just, you're in, you're in my head. You're in my head. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what to do. You know, we just brought a designer on on Sunday and she is so excited to learn new things though. Had I just been like, okay, design, go to Canva, play, get it done. You need these 20 designs done every single day. It's like, Oh my gosh, like what a, I've been that guy. I've done that before. Um, but no, it's like, okay, what do you want? Oh, I want to learn this, that, and the other. I'm like, this is perfect. Uh, we got all sorts of opportunities here. Don't worry about fitting into one, one box, gravitate towards what you love. Um, you know, and sometimes we do have to take the trash out, you know, as a team and help each other out with the responsibilities we don't want to do. But 
Our goal is to get you into the absolute best place that you love. And so now that she's in the company and I'm seeing all the talents come out of her, I'm like, oh, cool. And we're already evolving the process of moving our org board. So to show you guys what that looks like too, real quick, um, we have our static org board that we teach our clients about for what we call the power launch. And this is oversimplified. I'm going to burst the bubble. This is not the re this is just a fit on one screen. Um, and you'll notice CEO, CMO, CTO, there's no CFO, there's no COO. Um, there's all sorts of other levels that could exist in this. For us, um, you know, we use Whimsical because it's free. Um, it's the main reason why I like to use Whimsical. I like to pay for things I don't use very often um, or use all their necessary tools, whether whatever. But you'll notice that I got my picture on a lot of these different hats. Um, and sometimes we've had Cynthia in the COO position and running that. Sometimes we've had Jaime um, in that position. And we're constantly moving and adjusting, discussing as executive team, not with new people on the team, but with executive team members that belong, that are part of the culture, that are part of the structure of what we're building long term. We discuss who's going to be on the basketball court right now for these yeah. types of, of programs. What are your thoughts on that? Where would you take us with that, Mindy? And feel free. What would you correct about <laughs> what I'm what I'm if I'm pushing people off a cliff? Like, go ahead. Like, <laughs> well, first of all. And I'm not just trying to be a, a cheerleader. <laughs> like, I wish more people did something like this because often as companies are growing, leaders forget what it is they're actually spending time on. <laughs> and, and this forces them to really see. And as you grow, you just take on more and more. And then you forget about the word delegation and and where where for you to move the company forward you need to let some of those things go and, and or it's like the 80 20 percent rule right and so i love here uh, what i would add to this is at what point is jackson no longer servicing the company to be its best by being in these other roles and that to me then ties into a workforce hiring plan so that you're like at this target when jackson's spending this much time on this thing then we're actually keeping him from really in it being in his in the company's best interest and so we yep. need to hire for someone at this time or it's you would know, by the way <laughs> so, so that's the only thing I would add on there, right? Like, is like, is there a view to be able to and just show the priority of, or you know, other people? Like, okay, so which one of roles? the ways that, that I love what you're saying because it's huge and it's it's rocket fuel and the emyth. Yeah, a far better book, by the way. Yeah, fuel's a good book. Yeah, um, I'd recommend it. But they they do a good job of explaining the realities of handling that process and what Minnie's talking about i'm all about we did that and we we adopted that until the evolution occurred where with us we have our opportunities to trabajo para latinos we have our opportunities for work for latinos group that's expanding mm. that my team are running and leading awesome. and this week we're launching our ambassador program nice. and our ambassador program is a 90 day uh internship program where they get trained on all things social media mm -hmm. but we can also pick the cream of the crop out of that the ones who yes. are moving in seven days and say hey yeah. you're good to go like let's let's make this happen and move them in so we've got we got a different style for how we go about implementing the exact same reality thank you cynthia reality <laughs> because of the depth of like cynthia you know doing all the dynamic mm -hmm. stuff here like it's so helpful it's awesome to not have to she didn't even speak english and she caught that um you know and, and you know she's able to understand that she's supported by me mm. and how she supports me on the system and process um so i i see you as the same type of leader Mindy, I'm very excited yeah. for people to get to know what you're up to. Yeah. I'm excited to see your vision well, come to fruition. Go ahead. I, I, I this is like, this is so powerful because most podcasts you're just talking. And what I love is you're just kind of reinforcing through real life example, kind of like all the things I'm saying. Because most people probably leave and be like, well, what does that look like practically? I mean, we can hear her talking about it, but because I see an actual founder like show how they're doing in their work. Is, so I'm just, I, I'm just kind That's of in, in my little happy cool. place right now. I'm, I, I, but I love what you're picking up on because I was speaking about hiring plans and often you're, I just wanted to um, yeah. dig into that a little bit deeper because people often just think about external, but what you're actually challenging people to think of is about internal mobility and not just looking to external hiring, but how are you putting in the right 
process, the right um, mechanisms or flywheels in place to actually upskill your talent as a succession plan um, to be able to move them in different spaces and not just think about and to challenge ourselves not to think it's just about a job as one person. Um, it's also about how can we be fluid in that? How can um, we truly use agile concepts to, okay, yeah, we may have a title, but how do we not get locked into that? Yeah, vision pros um, revealing some, some real power here. Uh, I fully intend to recruit you, Mindy. Um, so there, there is this, there's these realities that people feel, um, you know, oh, it's, it's either this or that internal or external. And I'm, I've always been a, I can have my cake and I can eat it too. Guy, <laughs> right. I, I really always have been. And I used to look at Richard Branson, like, man, that guy's cool. He's got like 200 companies. That's impossible. And, you know, like, you know, I didn't even think someday. Um, and then one of these days when I got divorced and I had nothing but time to build my companies, I was like, huh. Maybe I will go that route. Um, and now I'm like, hey, Richard, I'm coming. Um, you know, like, let's do this. You know, let's make this happen. But it's when we put our our fears aside and when we put ourselves in an environment with people that we trust and people who are willing to build us up, and we've got that safety net. And then we set our fears aside and look at, well, how, how can we work together? You know, how can we pull these assets? It's amazing what can happen for your visions. So uh, if you're inspired by anything that we said, or you're pissed off and you think we're wrong, um, leave a comment, let us know. That stuff really helps. We really do want your feedback. And if you've got a question for Mindy or myself, don't hesitate to drop it in. And if you know somebody, uh, maybe you're the spouse of an entrepreneur who's listening to this like, oh, I'm so sick of, we, we know. We know that's a <laughs> spare territory of a spouse. Maybe tag your spouse, um, you know, on on this episode and, and and give them a chance to listen. Maybe not now that I said that. But um, <laughs> that said, if there's somebody that you know it would benefit, you really have no idea what type of impact you'll you'll make on their life, and they they probably won't tell you. But if you're thinking of somebody, they're likely going to be extremely grateful for it. Um, especially entrepreneurs. The Rocket Fuel, one of my least favorite concepts of the book. And again, it's a book that I honor and love. In the very final chapters, they say that they, they highlight and glorify an entrepreneur who says after a year of working with his integrator, the person who has come in, completely overhauled the business and freed them, he said he could hardly even admit still that the guy had been uh, helpful, um, you know, and, and, and what it was, even though he knew that. And, and so, and they say, and it's okay, you know, if that's how you feel about your integrator. And I'm here to say, that's not okay. How no. you feel like if you live like that and that's like, you're going to, you're going to eventually ruin your relationship with the integrators of the people who are building with you. But if you can switch to a mindset of compassion and gratitude and honor for those who are helping you build and you can honor their passions and visions, it's amazing how they'll come to bat to help you build what you're up to. So Mindy, thank you so much for joining us on this. Uh, it's been an absolute honor to have you on the show. Any final thought you want to share? I, it was just a joy to be here. And everything we've talked about can feel really overwhelming, but it's just taking that one step. And it, even if it is to say, I need help, that is the best first step you can take. Absolutely. Vision Pro is so free to apply to be a guest as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. This is going to get more and more fun. We'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for giving us your time and attention. Have an excellent